Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. My name is Jeanette Abney, and today is actually February 27th. We're winding down as it relates to the month of February, and as we know, the month of February is Black History Month. And in honor of such, many individuals have made a lot of contributions and have done a lot of things as it relates to making the world a better place, including in their homes, families, communities, neighborhoods, and they should be honored for such. And, you know, and it's sad, and I want to say to my listeners out there, people know that I have an older spirit, and I was talking to my niece today, and I was telling about my, my best, best friends. My daughter was like, you don't have no friend. You don't be with talking to nobody. And it's not that. But please keep Miss Parks. Some people call her Mother Parks in your prayer. I've got a call from her. She sounds very weak. She's in the hospital. And that's my ride or die. That's my girl. So i got to go visit her today. Now I've got a doll coming in my room, but it's okay. So today's topic is, again, one of those topics. As we talk about families, as we talk about the black culture, as we talk about a lot of different things on this show, I want to talk about colorism, and it was brought to my attention because for years I had never heard of the term colorism until my daughter brought it to my attention, but yet I had experienced it, I've seen it, i even seen it within my own family when it comes to colorism, and when we talk about, well, what is colorism? Discrimination, and when we say discrimination, how do you discriminate when we talk about colorism? But it's a discrimination based on your skin color that leads to the systematic oppression of dark-skinned people. Now, when we talk about just dark-skinned individuals, are they impacted by colorism? We also have light-skinned individuals, and sometimes they view it as a privilege. Now, let me log on to caller. Give me a call. Give me a minute. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, Love Talk Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Jeanette. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. I'm starting kind of late, um, getting phone calls, trying to cook dinner. I'm multitasking. I've got so many things going on at one time, it's ridiculous. And as a matter of fact, as we're talking, I'm still posting the information about the show because individuals, if you're not available to listen live, you can also listen to the show at any time by clicking on the link. And the show is also pretty much on several different platforms, whether it's Amazon, whether it is Spotify, all kind of stuff. Donald, I see you are watching, and you can call in too. Now, to join in on the show, just give me a call at 516 387 one nine one four because I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what are your thoughts? Who put somebody put what's for dinner? Oh, I got some some collard greens with some ham hocks in it. I got some red beans with some ham hocks in it. I'm about to go make some rice, some gravy. I got some short ribs in the oven, and I got some yams. I got to put on. That's what's for dinner. <laughs> so I'm trying not to go to a restaurant to go out to eat. But by that same token, uh, I, I, I got a lot of stuff going on. And I'm going to make some cornbread from scratch. So hopefully I'll be done after I get finished with the show at 7. Hopefully my food will be done by 8 because it's my beans and my greens been cooking for a while. So i got to go in there and 
put some more of that seasoning in it. Okay? So somebody just asked me that, what was for dinner, so I had to answer that question. Now, Mr. Ed, we talk about colorism. What's your take on that? Because I had never heard of that term before when I was younger. Oh, when you were younger? Yeah, I never heard of it. Um, well, I, I've i heard um, quite a bit about uh, colorism, um, not just in recent years from the time that I've been uh, in radio myself, uh, but I've also heard about it coming up, you know. I mean, you know, both my parents, of course, are from the South, and, um, you know, um, you know, there are, there are different shades of people in my family, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and they did talk about how, you know, the, the skin colors tend to have, you know, you know, favoritisms and things of that nature. I mean, back in the back in the old day, they actually had a. I don't know if you ever heard this. They had a a, 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 a female what a female fraternity, and it was called the 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 the, the paper bag fraternity. Oh, what? Yep. My my aunt told me about that because she was in the military. <laughs> yeah, my my my, my mother was telling me about it. Yeah. It's a paper bag, yes. But that's when they, I guess, yeah, in other words, another, yeah. Like the, in other words, if you was darker than the, than the shade of that, that bag, you couldn't be in the club. Yes, yes. But you know what? That's interesting because I remember, and I'm getting very, becoming very passionate about this, but when my daughter was in college and her dad wanted her to join the sorority, my thing was I'm a, follow, I'm a leader, not a follower, and I've never been one that wanted to be part of the crowd. Now, I know in order to be a good leader, you also have to know when to follow. I get that part. But when my daughter joined the sorority, it was only certain sororities she can join because she was dark-skinned. And I didn't know that. I never heard of that. You know, you got the Delta, you got this, you got that. So when we talk about discrimination, many individuals against their own culture, even in a history, culture, even though we're talking about Black History Month, like you said, really? People dealt with that in the military, too, but also in school and families. So what was your take on that with the brown paper bag? Because I hope my uncle in tonight. She had shared about that before. Well, um, uh, well, first of all, I want to uh, correct myself. I said fraternity. I meant sorority. <laughs> so forgive me for my gaffe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But, um, I mean, that was something that, that's been going on for a long time. I mean, it's probably it's probably something that started in slavery, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, the whole, you know, the whole mulatto thing and all that, you know. So, And it's just mm-hmm. something that's kind of embedded in the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's something you said that was interesting when you said with slavery, and I thought about that, and we have individuals that were biracial. And even in our families, we would say, oh, they got good hair, they got nappy hair, they light skin, they thin, they just, it's like people don't realize that when we talk about that, and like I said, even though it's Black History Month, but colorism is a prejudice and a discrimination against individuals with dark skin tone, typically amongst people of the same ethnic racial group, but with colorism, and I see you talking about your your um, verbalizing. I see I got some typos. There is a um, in the black community, 
it can lead to serious emotional and psychological scars. If you in a family you call Blackie, or you and you know they was giving people nicknames. That's not cool. Okay, I have another caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments. Um, caller just called in. Number in in four nine five three. What would you like you to know, say? You know that wasn't uh, what you call colorism. Oh, mixing. Going okay, well, back, the god of the the god of the Kushites was against mixing. Amun. You going back four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand years ago? That's just the way mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, with, the boys. When you said it the way it was, but when, when you mentioned in your family, when the boys. Well, let me let me finish. The boys mentioned about the talent intent. That was his idea that every black person, quote unquote should have at least 10% white blood. Wait Freddie a minute. Douglas was a <laughs> Hold up. You saying that people should have 10% white blood? That's the, that's the idea to tell of the tent. It produces uh-huh. a smarter person. Uh-huh. Same way you do when you breed dogs. Uh-huh. You breed dogs for doing certain tasks okay. and uh, by mixing them. So mm-hmm. that there was a, something that was commonly thought of and mm-hmm. have been for quite some time. And uh, I think it's Puerto Rico. They got a term, don't marry anyone darker than you. Oh, wow. And marrying somebody white, marrying somebody white is fixing up the race. Mm. Okay, you know what, sir? I think you're taking this topic to a whole other level because that's basically not what we're really talking about. We're talking about within the same culture, and we're talking about colorism. Now, when we're talking about Caucasians and whites and their skin and their skin tone, um, or even in a Hispanic family, you got some Hispanics that are lighter than other Hispanics. They have experienced colorism. I've never heard it within Caucasian race. I haven't. But we're not talking about the 10 percenters and you got to be part white and oh, that is not the topic and I'm not going to let you go there with this topic like that because what we're talking about is ending discrimination and racism within our own family, within our own culture so that an individual doesn't feel like they have privilege because they're fair skin and people that are darker skin are less than or being retaliated or left to feel like they're nobody. That's but what in, I'm talking about. In actuality, it does bring about privilege because a lot of your slaveholders were what's called mulatto. That's like Frederick Douglass. His, his mother was black. His father was white. The boy's mm-hmm. father was white. His mother was black. They were mm-hmm. mulatto. In, in New Orleans, 28% of the free blacks were mulatto. They were slaveholders. Mm-hmm. So that does bring about a privilege. Mm-hmm. To a degree, but it's also an ignorance that we now know exists. And that's why we have to end the discrimination as it relates to 
judging people based on the color of their skin. Now, I'm going to let you say what you got to say. I don't have a problem with that, but I'm not going to let yeah. you take it there. And uh, also, discrimination is not illegal unless you violate somebody's civil rights. People discriminate all the time. People do discriminate all the time. But, again, it is a bias. But, see, there's a difference between a racist and a bigot, a big difference. Because I was taught that the racist has power. A bigot is running their mouth. So we got a lot of people out there that just be talking and don't even know what they're talking about. We got a lot of individuals out there that have put this stuff in people's heads to cause them to believe things about themselves, to belittle themselves, and we ain't having it no more, and we're not having it. Well, you know, when we, you say racism, racism has no respect for skin color. I understand. That's why I told you that's not what we're talking about with the show. The show is about colorism. And okay. if you have the colorism, if you have the so-called that colorism, as we're talking about colorism in families, we're talking about, I, I, I'll give you an example. My grandmother had six kids, three of them yeah. light-skinned, three of them were dark-skinned. In my own family, my family treated the light-skinned individuals different from the dark-skinned individuals. So the dark-skinned individuals had a complex because they weren't light-skinned. And even though my mother was light-skinned and fair-skinned because they came from Louisiana, my mother would, as a kid, put or give us esoterica to lighten our skin complexion. And I never knew why she gave us esoterica. I didn't know. And I remember as we age and we start getting dark spots and um, our skin's texture start. I was looking for esoterica and can't find it no more because I noticed with my lupus, some people get a butterfly rash in their face and it darkens their complexion. So individuals was left with a stigma. There was a stigma. That's what I'm talking about. We have to end that. So a person shouldn't be... Well, you know, it's natural too. Let me tell you how. Because if you come from a sub-Saharan geographical location, this was called Grolier's Law. If you move north where you're not exposed to the sun, generations will become lighter and lighter and lighter in skin tone because it's a it's what you call natural selection. To have dark skin and put you in England where they get very little sunshine is mm-hmm. detrimental to your health. Because the sun also gives you vitamin D. And when you stay indoors a lot, it can change your complexion. But you're not going to have a person that goes from being very dark-skinned to becoming very fair-skinned because they've been in a house. Ed, get them, Ed. Yes, yes, they will. Have you ever had plants? Get up, Ed. If you I don't put, know Ed. If you put Oh, I uh, just, I I do want to step in. I don't want to get nobody. I just want to <laughs> make a point. Um, um, when it comes to um to to that, well, colorism and racism and uh, evolution are 
three different things. And I think yes. what you're touching on is more like evolution, you know, talking about how people become a certain complexion uh, um, um, based on their environment and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's that's a whole other thing altogether, you know, okay? Mm-hmm. I think basically I, I believe that, that Jeanette is trying to do a show talking about the colorism within the cultures per se, like within a certain culture, like either African-Americans or, or Hispanics and things of that nature, okay? That's, that's, that's my take on it. So mm-hmm. as far as the other stuff, as far as the European and the, and the Saharans and all that kind of stuff, that's a whole other thing altogether as far as mm-hmm. I can see it. That's, all, that's what that's, I'm talking that's, about. That's, that, that sound fair? Yeah, it is, and that's what we're talking about. And I got people that are on Facebook and they're logging on and they're watching. If you want to address this topic, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I want to know in your household growing up as a kid, did you feel as if you was treated differently by your parents? Do you feel that you um, had certain privileges because of your skin tone? You know, what What was your take on that? Because, like I said, I'm I'm in the middle. I wasn't dark. I wasn't light. But I remember one of my husbands used to call me a red bone. I was like, I ain't no red bone. I used to call myself caramel. But I wasn't as light as most. Because I have some family members in my on my mother's side that are very, very fair-skinned. And we used to call my, um, we used to have this saying when they say light, bright, damn near white. You know, and I noticed, like I said, when I had kids, I have a light-skinned daughter, I mean, a light-skinned son, and I have a dark-skinned daughter. And my kids being the oldest of that generation, I watched how my mother favored my son over my daughter. But my daughter being dark-skinned is a beautiful dark-skinned woman. And I remember how my mother would talk to my friends and would say, I had a friend, her name was Carla. Beautiful, beautiful skin. And my mother used to say, oh, she's cute for a dark-skinned girl. Who wants to hear that? you cute for a dark-skinned girl? She was a beautiful young lady anyway. So then I had another friend, and I hope she called in, Carolyn Baker. I'm quite sure she probably dealt with some of that too. But that doesn't make it right is what I'm saying. It doesn't make it right. We have to deal with and have to if, deal with that in your own home. Yes, Mr. If I could um, step on that for a second there, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. Um, as, um, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. In my family, I'm on, well, on both sides of my family, I have Native American blood, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, um, I didn't know this until I was a grown man, okay. My mother admitted it to me first and then uh, in recent years, my, my aunt that lives in Michigan told me the exact same thing. Their father was um, he, he was 100% Apache. Uh-huh. That, that means he's like one of them, you know, uh-huh. Geronimo kind of guys, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, even though he wasn't dark-skinned, but he was kind of like, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't very light either, right? Me, uh, they, they said that my complexion is just a little bit darker than his. They said I look just like him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't remember him because he passed away when I was a kid. 
you know, but, um, you know, I did see a picture of him, you know, and I did see he looks like me as an old man. <laughs> you know, you and, know. and you know what? I'm not going to except, except he had straight hair. He, had, he, <laughs> he literally had straight hair. And, um, you know, but the point is, um, you, know, you know, as far as sometimes a person's looks will make them be perceived differently in society, okay? Mm-hmm. Either among, within the family or within the neighborhood or within uh, society as a whole, you know? Mm-hmm. People automatically you know. assume that you're somebody different because of how your skin looks. Correct, you know? correct. You know, um, you know, and uh, I remember, like I said, when I was younger, I was a cheerleader, and I, my daughter gets on me because of the way I would pick and choose my friends. I would pick certain friends. If they weren't attractive, I normally didn't have, I didn't have ugly friends. None of my friends that I hung out with or associated with was unattractive. Now, the thing with that was I have male friends that would only be interested in my light-skinned friends versus my darker-skinned friends. So they would pick those that was fair and thought that, and, and it was a learned behavior. That's the sad part about it. It was learned within our families, within our culture, within our community. So those that were light-skinned, people thought, oh, well, she's light-skinned and she's cute. Well, she, they didn't know that ugly attitude that person had. Or the Could I make a comment on that? Look like, yes, you may. What is that your picture? If that's your picture, you would have been considered amongst black men as a fae, F A Y E. Never heard of that. What does that mean? Well, you remember James Brown? You remember Tammy Terrell? James Mm -hmm. Brown went after Tammy Terrell because she was a fae. He sexually abused her at an early age and physically abused her. But he preferred women of that complexion. Matter of fact, he even hung out with white women. Uh, mm-hmm. David Ruffin did too. So yeah, amongst but... black males, you mm-hmm. would have been considered a fae. Man, I got me a fae. A fae. You know I, what? I um, actually, actually heard that terminology a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you got fae and then you got old fae. Ofe means white and fe means dark, basically. Okay. I had to write that down because I ain't never heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I heard that you from, know, from I, like I said, I, I have, have your red phone and all of that other stuff. People. But you know what, sir? I'm going to say this. Yeah. I've problem heard that. With, yeah, that, that yeah, the problem with that, even with Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye and James Brown and all back, back in the day, like I said, it's sad by the way people were treated. And even with men, men go through that, too, because they used to say um, that the light-skinned guys, the half-breed, were cute, handsome. The dark-skinned guys, they would say, now the dark-skinned, I'm trying to think how they would put it, how the dark-skinned men were back in season. You know, they went through a lot of that, too. You know, we'll say tall, dark, and handsome. What is that supposed to mean, tall, dark, and handsome? What does the darkness mean? How dark? So well, that thing well, Tammy I think, I think the darkness was in, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Back then with Tammy Terrell and we talking about domestic violence and what she went through and what people went through, they were protecting animals before they were protecting women and children. 
But the women and the light-skinned women in my family, that wasn't going to happen. I've seen some of them go from being abused to being abusive. I've seen them go where men thought that they were um, cute and trying to be dominant and wind up being dominated. And a lot of that really didn't just have nothing to do with the color of their skin. Because I've seen some dark-skinned women get to the point to where they was like, uh-uh, you ain't going to just treat me like that. Once people started believing in themselves, and a lot of that, like I said, is about respect and respecting yourself and not mistreating someone based on the color of their skin. Um, Reggie posted something about dark-skinned uh, skin, that's true. Because they, they when made they were using well, sorry, the you terminology Hey, let me give you what the terminology of dark, tall, dark, and handsome, who it applied to. It would apply to somebody like Clark Gable, whose hair was practically jet black. It didn't apply to black men. It wasn't referring to them. It was a Hollywood term, tall, dark, and handsome. Sir, we on Facebook talking about, sir, that ain't right. Nope. He was white. That was not tall, dark, and handsome. That was not, in our culture, what we consider tall, dark, and handsome. What you, call our yeah. Culture, yeah. what you call our culture, what you call our culture is American culture. There's, there's two things uh, I have to correct both of y'all on. For one, um, uh, uh, for one, that wasn't a Hollywood term. That was an actual term that came out way before Hollywood. I mean, I, I can show you some books, you know, written in the 1800s where they talked about that same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, and, plus, and then on the other side, what you said, Jeanette, Clark Gable was half black. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, don't know about Clark Gable being half black. That I don't know. Yeah. So when was, he, he had Clark a, Gable, yeah, he, thought his, about, his, um, his was, was it Spider-Man was or was Superman? One of them. I know that's who Clark Gable was. Spider-Man and Superman. No, Clark, Clark Gable was half black. Correct. But when he, he when, I, when his I, mother was white black. man, because he's just a black hair, like I said, don't know. I admit what I don't know. I'm not going to say that, but I was talking about within our own, as we're talking about Black History Month, and we're talking about colorism, and we're talking about how individuals were being treated based on their skin tone, uh, I didn't know Clark Gable was racial. That I did not know. Yes, he's, uh, his uh, mother was happy, but uh, I guess you can Google it, but no, that's a whole other thing that I know. I don't want to mm-hmm. take it off track. But mm-hmm. um, as far as the, the, the colorism goes, um, you know, you also have not just in, in the black culture, but also in the Hispanic culture, uh, mm-hmm. even yeah, Asian do. cultures. You know, because you have we... Asians that have darker and lighter people. You know, mm-hmm. and they they go through the same kind of thing. You know, people that's darker get get treated worse than the lighter ones. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and <laughs> what you said earlier about you haven't heard about Caucasians. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, Caucasians have had the same issue. Believe me, yeah, trust I, me. Okay, uh, do, do you realize that that uh, Jews and Italians were not considered white until the until 1949? I've heard about that. I, they that were considered I've just they were they were just, they were just above black folk mm-hmm. as far as race uh, category categories race and women. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that's why. You know, but since they were lighter skinned, of course, you know they <laughs> wasn't considered, you know, Negro, but they mm-hmm. were still not considered white. That's why mm-hmm. when the Sicilians came over, when they started the mafia and all that, you know, they 
they lived like white folks, but they were still, you know, they knew they was a separate race. You know, they lived as if, as if it was a separate race, you know, well, even you though know, they felt they were only blacks. And that's the thing. But that's a whole other thing, too. I don't want to take it nowhere. But. Right. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about movies when we had, like, Diane Carroll. We had, um, oh, God, Diana Ross. We had individuals, even in entertainment and movies, that was treated differently based on their color of their skin, skin complexion. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that's just a natural thing. I mean, um, um not to go too far back when you were talking about the Tammy Jarrell, Jane Brown thing. That was something, that was an individual thing. But I don't think that she, that she was abused because of her skin color. I think that was just because of his attitude and he had some personal things going on and he just was, you know, he did what he did. Yeah, that's a whole other thing in itself. But um, uh, as far as uh, uh, dark women being abused more than light-skinned women, I don't believe that either. I've known a lot of light-skinned women that get abused, that, that, that got abused. So um, it just varied on, it depended on the individual, how somebody felt about someone else. You had some guys that, you know, felt a certain way about lighter-skinned women, just like they felt about darker-skinned women. Mm-hmm. So it varied. Well, it, when he when he when it was mentioned about slavery, it kind of took me to when we would say a house Negro, how the people that were fair skinned did the the cooking or the cleaning. They were in the house versus more out in the field because of the color of your skin. In a lot of and a lot of kids, not not all the time though. Sometimes you know, sometimes they were just they were just they just happen to be you know good cooks, and they would bring them in the house. But there were a lot of times though they were the mulattoes because they were more acceptable to some people. Okay, gotcha. because they were lighter skinned. Okay, mm-hmm. but uh, you have in some situations the 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 you know the house Negroes were just as dark as the field Negroes. Yeah, in some cases they were. In some cases they were, mm-hmm. but. Taking it, okay, Reggie was, may I spell her name wrong, but anyhow, okay. Um, somebody had posted about Pam Greer, and um, she's a beautiful woman, very beautiful woman, you know. But we got to get away from these stereotypes. we got to get away from beauty. It comes in all shades, sizes. And we are still, I see, putting this on our children, even in school, where if a child is of one complexion, is deemed cute versus a child of another complexion. That's not cool. Because it gives... Yeah, and also yeah. you also have the uh, acute accusation of them um, trying to pass. You know what that means. You know, because of their light, especially their real light. You know, like for instance, for a perfect example, just recently, Beyonce has a hit on the radio. I know you might have heard of it called um, Texas Hold'em. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot of criticism by blacks and whites about her. Okay, criticism, not 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 you know praise, but criticism. Oh, you got mm-hmm. black folks saying, "Oh, she's trying to be white now." Woo woo woo. Then you got the white people's like. Who does she think she is trying to cross over to the white people's category, you know, kind of thing, even though, you know, blue, uh, um, country is something that came out of, you know, black folks anyway, you know, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. We're going to talk about that. 
But the point is, with her with her light light skin nature and everything, they're trying to make it seem like she's trying to be white and all this kind of stuff. Even though if you look at her and watch how she carries herself, she's carrying herself like a black woman. She mm-hmm. just happens to be light skinned, <laughs> you know. You know, well, and the same thing. I, I remember Smokey Robinson made a point about that because you know he's real light, right? And yeah, he made yeah. a point about that. Huh? Mm-hmm. And he made a real good point about that light skin thing, how people, and you know, and um, you know, and he was like, "Look, you can just because I'm light skinned it doesn't mean that you know I'm not with with the soul. I still mm-hmm. eat collard greens like you do." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, I'm cooking tonight. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there was an interview I remember him from a long time ago. He was talking about that. You know, he, he, in other words, he's basically a, a soul brother. He don't care what y'all say about him. And you know, mm-hmm. and his 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 um his record, you know, speaks for itself. You know, he's a mm-hmm. pro pro black guy. True. But you and know, you always had people that would try to you know mm-hmm. say different. But I have a question. I have a question for you, Mister Yeah, being a African American descent. For men, colorism. We know what it did to, or we said we know. I can say what I saw in my perception as a female, how it seems like people got privileged. I was teasing and laughing at my niece today because she asked me about, Auntie, when is street sweeping day? I said, second and fourth Tuesday. And I stayed in the bed. Then I got up and I heard the street sweeper come. And I always talk about the damsel in distress, how you'll see a woman, and if she looks a certain way and she's tooted over trying to fix her car, based on what she looked like, you might stop to help her. But if she is not attractive or whatever, you'd be like, she got it, okay? So when my niece sat outside and I stepped the picture, I said, this is what being a damsel in distress didn't work. Because they gave her a ticket anyway. Where most people go out there and eyes and they say what you look like, they might give you a pass because you're cute. Because you're not. That man wrote that ticket you know, anyway. If you were light-skinned, dark-skinned, whatever, he may have did it based on the, the way the car looked, you know. But those are, those are some of the things that I am talking about. Yeah. If I could say something else, you're – speaking on things that's more associated with America because when you go in the other country. Yeah. Cause like, like you, for instance, if you were to go to Ghana or Nigeria, in Nigeria they would call you Kata, K-A-T-A, and among the Akan in Ghana, my wife is Ghanaian, you would be called Obruni, which mm-hmm. basically calling you white. So that's mm-hmm. dependent on uh, here in the United States that have evolved into terminology that we hear today and uh you may mention about tall dark and handsome. actually tall dark and handsome came out of early 19th century novels uh mm-hmm. that was written but uh, you, you know what sir you know what sir i was born and raised in Compton, okay and when i wanted at one point to move to the south i wanted to i was dating a guy and i was in my 30s and he was from South Carolina, and I wanted to go to move to South Carolina. I took my little butt down into South Carolina, and them women out there did not like me out there because I was young, I was fair-skinned, I was attractive, I was educated, I was 
them women straight up told me. I remember going to one of them little youth joint things. They told me, and they said, baby, you don't fit in. I didn't know what they meant because I had never been exposed to that. I knew what it was like in my family, but I didn't know what it would be like in the South. I didn't know. I didn't get it. Well, straight up I'm told down me. in the South now. Okay. I'm down right, in yes. the South now in Louisiana. And you know, you made mention of African-American. Well, Elon Musk is an African-American. Theresa Hines Carey is African-American. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, what is Derek Jeter? You know, well, and actually, he's not African-American. He's South African. South African on the continent of Africa. Yeah, he's South African. He's not African-American. That's different. African-American is someone who was born in America, African someone of African descent that was born in America, someone that comes from Africa and comes to America to become a citizen, which I don't think Elon Musk did that. Um, you know, that's, well, that's, that's when he become, you know, they're not even, matter of fact, white folks are not even called African-American then. So I know I've, I've had I have, How far back do uh, you want to go? Because all the modern humans come from Africa. Well, yeah, but we're not doing that today. I'm talking about about today's history and how things are looked at today. I'm not talking about back in the day. I'm talking about, you know, know, when a person comes from another country. I give you bad props because, see, all of this is out of my league. And that's why I got nothing to say. It's out of my league because I'm not (laughs) going to talk about what I don't know. I don't. I'm not. Because I didn't even know how bad it was even in the South because I had never been exposed to that. I remember telling the lawyer one time I had never experienced discrimination. That man told me, yes, you have. I said, no, I've never been discriminated against. Everybody in my neighborhood and community are African Americans, the schools that I go to. I knew I wasn't learning anything even though I was a straight-A student at England Compton Unified School District. So I left the Compton Unified School District, went to another school district, by that time, I graduated and was finished before most of my um, peers. But the point is, I didn't realize about redlining, colorism. I knew nothing about none of that stuff. It, I don't know if my family sheltered me from it. And that's why, as you guys are talking, you don't know what most people's DNA consists of. I have kid, grandkids. People comment me on my grandkids, how beautiful my grandkids are. All of my grandkids are biracial, all of them, either black and white or black and Hispanic. I don't have a, a all-black, which I'm black, French, and Indian. So if somebody tell me, go back to Africa, I'll be like, oh, I ain't never been there. Didn't leave nothing over there, you know. So African-Americans come in many different ways. And when we start talking about even individuals that are biracial, you know, I, I had a person, a client get mad at me the other day while I was doing a group, and um, we were talking about something about, I said something about, not even talking about the president, but I was talking about the election. And the man said, well, people don't realize what Obama did. Like, I'm just supposed to take up for Obama. You know, but they forget Obama was biracial, too. So our ignorance. You're absolutely right. Look at at Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. His grandparents was Irish. Mm-hmm. And see this thing about all black supposed quote unquote that's what, that's and, and you got, uh, Alicia Keys says she was not African American. Uh, so this 
it's best to ask people what do you identify as rather than assume. Like they assume that all quote-unquote blacks are Democrats. That's not true. And that's really disrespectful. So you have to ask people, what are you identifying as? That's the, that is the respectful way to, to go about uh, bringing about a cordial conversation with an individual. That is what I'm talking about is because we have no choice when it comes to our skin color, families we were born in. You know, some communities that we people live in, they live there because they had no other place to go, or they go where they can afford, or they can find a job. You know, so those that's what I'm talking about. I'm about encouraging, empowering. I'm not trying to force my rhetoric down nobody's throat to get them to believe certain. No, that's not what I'm about. That's not what this show is about. Now, I can have, and I can go toe-to-toe with the best. But by that same token, a lot of times, some people wasn't exposed to certain things. There you go, cousin. I see you, Sharon. You can call in because I want to hear your takes on this, too. But with today's topic, and when we're talking about Black History Month, which is during the month of February, I just wanted to know what it was like for individuals within their family, how they may have felt that they had privilege or was mistreated, or was treated differently based on the color of their skin. That's what we were talking about. I would, about. When I look at your I would love to comment, comment on that because, you know, when you look at uh, that very thing, for instance, you got some people, like my man was saying earlier, about what you, um, you know, what you, um, you know, consider yourself as or whatever. You and know, I have a lot of stress. I know black people that were born here in this country. I know people personally. They were born in America, right? But they don't they don't classify themselves as African American. Why? Because they say, well, my grandparent came from Colombia, or my grandparent came from you know from a certain part of Africa, or my grandparent came from the Caribbean, or my grandparent came from somewhere else. So therefore, I'm not African American. You see, this is their mentality. This is how they see themselves. They don't see themselves as African American because of where their grandparent came from. Mm-hmm. Well, the man was about to say something about when you see my picture. But it's reminding me, my daughter was the one that brought the term colorism to me 
like I said years ago, because this is the second time I've discussed this topic. And even with my daughter, my daughter has shared with me how my son used to treat her. But yet, my son's grandmother was Geechee and was dark-skinned from Louisiana. And she was really, really, really dark. But his father's father was a white man. So my son's father was biracial, but I never knew he was biracial because he didn't have, we talk about the good hair, the this, the that, and all that other stuff. But, oh, Reggie said, yes, she was black as spade. That's cold, Reggie. That was your grandmama. But... Well, well, one thing, one thing about Louisiana, you know, them people, you know, you have a lot of dark people, you know, mm-hmm. of course they had white parents or whatever, or white grandparents, but you have mm-hmm. a lot of so-called white people that are actually <laughs> part black. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. A lot but, of people but, in Louisiana that look white are actually part black. Correct, but this is the thing. My son would verbally abuse my daughter even though his grandmama was dark-skinned, he would say things and call my daughter Kunta Kente or call her all kind of names. And But I'm glad that it never ruined her self-esteem because he was sure trying to break it, but it didn't work. It just did not work. But for some, it left emotional scars. It left an image that they kind of contribute. Now, my daughter accused me of it because she said I would go in my family and the family members that I felt was attractive or whatever, I would say, oh, this is my cute cousin, oh, this is my favorite cousin, and the other ones I wouldn't even acknowledge. I didn't know I was doing that. But my daughter said, Mom, well, it's not just know. about our generations. It's also, you can go to the generation before our yes, generation. My, my mother and my auntie, well, most of my auntie used to tell me. See, my auntie's, you know, she, my, my mother used to call my auntie, you know, banana skin, you know, because mm. <laughs> you know, you're white skinned, right? And my dark, my, my mother's, you know, my complexion, you know. And, um, well, I'm, I'm her complexion. Yes, mommy. And um, mm. when they were kids, um, you know, with her being the older sister, she was always defending her sister because they would be picking on her because of her light skin, you know. You know, they would get the tripping well, on her because she was white they would pick on her and stuff. And so, the difference is, too, that's detected in a person's name. Mm-hmm. So your name indicates land, history, and culture. And people in the know, when they hear your name, know where you come from. Like part of my name is called Ben Coley. Mm-hmm. I've got a very long name, Pianchi, Bancoli, Kofi, Akeem Wale, Nega Ekbe, Nefakar. So people that know and hear that name, they know where my lineage comes from. Now, here's another thing, too. In in some societies, like over in Africa, Mm -hmm. everybody look alike amongst tribes. But the only way they identify... I have a nephew right here. I have a question. Do you? Well, let me finish ever, telling this. It's uh, very important. Let me say right, this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a second. Do you feel that you get treated differently because of the color of your skin? No. By being like, what is that but like I do you? get treated different because of my name. Now, wait, 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 black people. Okay. I asked him a question. He didn't know what I was going to ask him. What, what did you say? I said no. I don't feel I, I, I'm treated no, 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 differently no, no. because of the color of my skin. I'm talking to right now that I'm asking the question. What 
Oh, I'm sorry. Because your skin is not the same skin as other people, they treat you differently? And what is that like for you? It makes you sad? Now, what about in your family? You haven't been around a lot of your family members, but both you and Ryder are both light-skinned. So you don't compete with Ryder because you're light-skinned. You're both the same complexion. But what if you had a dark-skinned family member that was like Tisha's color? Would you find that to be pretty? You wouldn't? Why? Because I'm dark. Because you're dark? Or because they're dark? Okay, but you're fair-skinned, you're light-skinned. But if you had a cousin that looked like Tisha, would you think your cousin was pretty? Like Tisha? Mm-hmm. Let's say if your cousin was Tisha's cousin. I'm, I'm just asking you a question. Do you think your skin is See, your baby sister is light, just like you. But if your baby sister would look like Paul, would you think that was cute? No, you can. I mean, I'm, I'm just asking because that is colorism, and that's where we have to stop that. Because if the baby would have been looking the color of the father or the complexion, he would have looked at the baby differently and treated the baby differently because of the complexion of the skin. Reggie did it to Tisha, and that's what I'm talking about. And that is colorism. That is colorism. Okay, sir, you can finish what you said. Okay, thank you, Princess, for being on my show. Yeah, Facebook I didn't live. hear the young child, so I'm sorry I talked to him. I really didn't hear Okay, no problem. So, I just wanted me to know that. from an eight-year-old's perspective, what is it like being in a family and if a one feels that they're being treated differently because of the color of their skin. He's not biracial, but he's just fair-skinned. You know, my grandson is biracial and he's the same complexion. But I asked him the question because his sister is fair-skinned, but her father is dark-skinned. So my question was, if your sister was dark-skinned, would you feel the same way about your sister? She wouldn't. Because of the perception and what he was taught and what he was heard and colorism. He would look at his sister differently, and that's what I was saying about my two kids. One was dark, one was light. I didn't know my dark-skinned daughter was being treated like that by her brother. I didn't know that until she got older and told me. Okay, sir. So now what would you say? we got like nine minutes left well, on the show. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to respect your sh- time of your show, is that in some ch- areas, like over in, like I like to refer to West Africa, you can go in marketplaces and you see a thousand people that have the same skin tone, the same facial uh, structure, eyebrow structure, the eyebrow. Now, the only difference is how you can tell what clan or what tribe they come from is they put tribal marks on the face when the child is born. Oh wow! And that's how they that's how they identify who they are. When you come down to phenotypical, uh, phenotypical like so I'm going to go. I really appreciate the opportunity. I to appreciate comments. Like I said, you took it to a global, international culture. Don't have a problem with that because, like I said, I'm glad I have this platform. And when you know better, you do better. And I just wanted to put it out there because there are a lot of individuals that have struggled with that and have a complex because of their mothers or their fathers or what their brothers said or did or their sisters, you know. And that's what I'm trying to end and stop 
to let people know we come in all shades, sizes, and colors. And we should not put a person down or make a person feel less than or mistreat them because of their colors, the complexion, and it's starting in the home. It's happening in the home. I think of the movie Cinderella. If Cinderella was done by a black family, the light-skinned kids wouldn't have to do all the work. The darker-skinned kids would because it was a learned behavior, and that don't make it right. <laughs> you laughing, Mr. If I could share another secret with you, Maybe the story of Cinderella I, actually comes from an African uh, Egyptian story. <laughs> my middle sister was darker as a kid, but now I think my middle sister probably lighter than me and my baby sister by now. You know, so that was what we were talking about. So, like I said, he did bring some insight. I don't know who the man was, but he did bring some insight and change the topic a little bit, Mr. Ed. So, a lot of times, you know, I, my thing is this. It's okay to disagree as long as we don't disrespect. That was it. That's why I said get him. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't. I, wouldn't know. I, was, I was with him. He was, he was on point. You know, it was just, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like, you know, like you said, kind of taking things off track a little bit. But I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really disagree with what he was saying. You know, I mean, he was on point. But uh, I was I just thought he was going to a different level, you know, a different area that we wouldn't that I, I didn't think he was trying to go to. <laughs> so I was like, look, would yeah, you I called my brother in law 'cause boy, my brother in law, he pro black. He ain't playing. He go take me back to my agent and I'm at the gym with my son for basketball practice. It's too loud, I can't call in. But I knew he would have had something to say 'cause I was waiting on my brother in law with you. <laughs> I'm like, Well, where you at? You know, but um, but but going along with this topic and, you know, families and big families and, you know, how individuals have felt about certain things or the way they was treated, I'm going to call one of my um, old neighbors because she'd be missing the show sometimes. And she'd be like, I sure wish I would have called in. I sure had something to say. And I want to ask her because, well, like I said, well, let, well, let me see. Like, let me see this one thing. Like here, like, like for instance, one of the things that my man was saying, uh, you know, when I corrected both of y'all at the same time, actually, um, you know, when I talked about the Hollywood thing, and then later on, he had said something about the tall, dark, and handsome in 19th century books. And basically, I said the same thing. I said the books was in the 18th century. I mean, 1800s, you know, which was 19th century. And um, so, and uh, I could point to some stuff that I know particularly that talked about. Right. It. Then it, just, right. it kind of, you know, fell into the Hollywood thing. But mm-hmm. and then when I told you about Clark Gable, you know, like I said, you can look at it's not just my opinion; it's a fact. You can look it up. And, and see, and you and, know what? Uh, That's specialty because you you are into that. You like going into entertainment, people. Like I said, I can't tell you Superman from Batman to. From Clark Kent to Clark Gable, and that is, if I don't know about it, I ain't going to well, put it well, up. Well, Clark Kent and Clark Gable are not the same. <laughs> I know. They're totally different people. <laughs> you know, my yeah, thing is Hong Kong Fui and Superman and Batman. Yes, Reginald. <laughs> I'm on uh, the show. Yeah. Oh, but, like, um, yeah, but, wait, wait, wait. My son is saying something. What, Reginald? I said I was on the show watching you. I understand that, but why you just didn't call in? What do you have to say? Like, a lot of times, mom, like, 
people don't like you know, then white was in. Correct, but what we're talking about ain't talking about white being in. We talking about in families and with colorism. I didn't know you treated my daughter the way you treated my daughter because she was dark skinned. I didn't know that until she told me later on. So my question is, we're talking about colorism within families. Liddell, I see you watching, and you can call in, too. But what I'm talking about is colorism within families, meaning the light-skinned people ain't no different from the black, dark-skinned people, so why do they mistreat and call each other names, and why do we have to have that division and discrimination? Because, okay, let me, let me answer that real quick, and then you can continue. Basically, colorism is is um, racism within a culture. So basically, that's what colorism is. Lighter versus darker, vice versa. That's that's a that's a version of racism. Okay, uh-huh. but of course it's not racism because you're in the same race. So it's uh-huh. kind of colorism, but uh-huh. basically the same concept. Basically the same concept. Correct. And what happens is the treatment, the treatment of individuals. Like I said, growing up in my family. My grandmother had three kids, three light, three dark. And I used to be like, what the world? And they would always fight amongst each other. My mother was closer to the lighter skinned ones than the darker skinned ones. She yeah, because that on. people, it's just, it's just, just, like with, just like with regular racism, there's always somebody, there's some, at some point they, they learned or, or heard some kind of a, something about a person based on their race and they believed it and it got absorbed into their psyche. It's the same thing about colorism. You know, some at some point we get to they get in their mind that light skinned people are like this, and or our dark skinned people are like this, and you know, and they find some something to not like about that person's skin color. You know, right. you know. And so it's basically the same thing. Racism. Calling my phone. Okay, what did you have to say, Reggie? Okay. Yeah. That's my point. It's it's history. Correct. And stuff like that. So it's like you know. Like I mean, the the the, the, the more light skin you are, the better you are. And you're so like, not. Back in those days, back in those days, mom, they was like, man, if you ain't white, you ain't white. Mm-hmm. But the thing is this, and like I said, and a lot of individuals thought that that was beauty. And you know, when yeah. my mother said to my friend, "Oh, she's cute for a dark skin girl," really? I believe my mother said uh-huh. that, but she did. I'm, I'm and you know how your granny that. treated people. Even her she own said, nieces and nephews. She said everything is black and ugly in this house. You can have it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, she said that when your grandmother. She said that when your grandmother. How do you know that she story? everything is black and ugly as you up in here, you can have it. Reggie, you was a baby. You was told that because you was a baby. You didn't hear her say it. You did not hear her tell that to Kate. She did. When your grandmother came to the house to visit, and my mother did tell that woman, anything black and ugly up in here you can have. That woman didn't know what to say. That woman was scared to come to the house because of that, because of not only that, but your dad's perception, too. And they got to stop. You can't treat people like that. And when you treat family, you saw how you treated cat. You saw that. Because they black people, but that, that is like, mom. You're going to realize something going on, like, damn, why is this person darker than me? But it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's terrific. It's inheritance. Yeah, but that don't mean you mistreat them. And that's where the ignorance comes from. We fear what we don't them. know. 
Okay, let's talk, let's talk about some positives because we're running out of time. You know that women on TV, all they show, all they show is beautiful, light-skinned women on TV, white women, light-skinned women. So that's why men had it in their head like that? So that's why men's perception of you got to look this way in order to be cute or you got to look this way to be – no, we got we to do better. We got to do better. We got to do better. Now, we have basically ran out of time. I was going to try to take it a little bit longer, but I forgot I'm in there cooking, so I got to go season my food. It's a good topic, man. And I'll shoot. Matter of fact, I might stop by over here. No, you ain't. <laughs> no, I'm not. I ain't stopping by. I ain't stopping by. You ain't coming <laughs> to my house. Uh, no, I ain't coming over my I ain't playing with you. Okay. All right. Um, so, Reggie, what do you want the listeners to know about colorism, and how can we start treating our own family members as if, you know, we all are beautiful, we all are important, we all matter? Like this. But, Mom, it goes back. It takes back to history. I understand. You know, like, so, it's, it's, I mean, it's not much I can say about it. Yeah, but you cannot treat, you can apologize yeah. to your sister for the way you treated her and the things that you said. I got a grandson that still be talking about he don't want to be black because he's thinking it's the color black, you know. So the thing is this, we we have to do better. We have to do People better. People got to because all that is the ignorance. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i going to break it down straight to you. All of that is the ignorance. Mm-hmm. So being black, white, and stuff, man, like, you know, what if like, this, black is the thing. Okay. All right, Mr. Ed, what would you want the what do you want the listeners to know about colorism before we end the show? How can we do better within our own family to not make kids or people feel less than based on something that they cannot control? Because you don't want to be walking around people bleaching their skin and doing this and doing mm-hmm. well, Michael Jackson can't Michael Jackson can't be black. Hey, let me get off this phone. I don't mean to cut you off. It was a boat, right? It was a boat that left Africa. And this is the history of black. It's different shades. Mm-hmm. The boat stopped at many places, right? So it stopped over here. You know, the sun may beam a little bit. And it stopped over there. The sun's still beaming. So, I mean, we did that. The, the skins, the shades of the skin. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is my philosophy of it, man. No, you know, I'm just ready. <laughs> <laughs> Will you hurry up, Reggie? So the, so the, the shades of the skin... They out a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, Reggie. Okay, Mr. Ed. What do you want the listeners to know as it relates to this? How can we do better within our families, within our homes, within our communities? If your child brings a kid home or your grandchild brings a kid home, don't do like my mama and say, you look cute for a black child, Mm-mm, a dark-skinned child. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. But what can we do better? Well, I can see our thing um, it's like this here. It's just like um, if you used to ask the question about what can we do to end racism, okay? I'm saying what it's can we do in our It's the same thing about colorism. It's not something that's going to end overnight, okay? It's something that's going to have to gradually be diluted, okay? You're going to have to dilute it. You can't just eliminate it because you got people already think what they think, okay? Mm-hmm. They do. And so it's going to take time to, to change people's mindsets, okay? Uh-huh. Not something you can just put that just pick up a switch. And right. um, But I do believe that one way to start changing within your particular family situation 
because you're not going to change everybody around. That's just, you know, I'm talking about you got, the only way you can do anything is to focus on changing your situation. That means your That's household, right. your family, and you, know, and, you know, you know, talk to your grandkids and all the way up to your, your kids, <laughs> you know, about the, the whole uh, how you feel about it and what's, what's, what's real about, you know, the colorism idea. You know, and that's and, what um, I, and that's, that's all you can do. You you gotta work the way from from inside out, you know. Correct. And then hopefully it'll spread to the next family, and the next family do the same thing, and over time, you know, we'll see where it goes. Well, and, and you know what, I appreciate this phone about to go there too. I appreciate that because, like I said, it starts in the home. That's why I brought my nephew in here to ask him that question. Hey, didn't even know what to say. He didn't you know, know what to say. That's crazy. But that's the fact I asked my son, I didn't know that my son had talked and treated my daughter that way. And my daughter told me, Mom, you're lucky I don't have a low self-esteem. The way your son talked to me, the things he used to say about me and my daddy, and da 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 I didn't know that my son was putting all that stuff. But my son really didn't know that his daddy used to do that to his sister. And I'm like, what's the TV every day. All right, right. So, all right, so, so, so now I'm, I'm, I'm watching TV every day, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching TV. All I see is a light skin girl. I don't see no dark skin girl in there or nothing. So TV is in bed and stuff. It like, oh, so that's beautiful to me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm standing on, I'm standing on a television screen every day. Never seen a dark skin girl. And then I see Oprah. You know, and, and it's like, all right, so. I've been watching this every day. Now I see a woman like her pop up. Oh, oh, Whoopi Goldberg said for instance. You know, then I'm going I'm to I'm have my own perception. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. know what? You you just brought up something, Reggie. I remember I was at the casino one day, and this man called me Whoopi. At first, I wanted to pop him. Because he was already you drunk. <laughs> you drunk, and you going to call me Whoopi? I ain't got no dreads. I ain't got no braids. You and see, he thought he was being funny, and I was not offended. But I went home, and I think later saw the movie. And then you may know the movie, but um, Whoopi played in the movie. What was his name? Ray Ray Wines or whatever the man name is. I've never seen that movie. I thought it's it called a long. Home. I think it's called a long walk home. When she was a maid and she was walking, they was boycotting something which. Whoopi in her younger days, Whoopi was beautiful. She's a beautiful African-American woman. See, people are looking at people now when they got older, as we age. When when I saw that movie with Whoopi, I said, you go, girl. I had a guy call me one time, Wanda Page. He was, thought he was telling a joke about me from um, Stanford and Son. All right, all right. So she was beautiful in her Hey, I'll be Wanda Page all day long. When my auntie called me Tina Knowles, I looked at my hair and I was like, okay, I'll be that. I'll be your Jack A. I'll be. But the thing is, sometimes we try to. Reggie, I'm talking. Sometimes we try to offend people. But the thing is, if you believe in yourself and you know you got it going on, don't let nobody bring you down, especially over something you can't control. If it's your color, if it's your weight, if it's whatever, don't let nobody do that to you because sometimes that shows how they feel about themselves. And they a you issue, a state issue. Exactly what, yes, Reginald. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I, all I could do is just speak on my own experience, you know. So if I see a light skin 
television every day, every day. Like I see a woman, beautiful to me. Then I see a dark-skinned woman, and says, I'm all, it's already in my mind. Oh, a light-skinned woman looks beautiful. Okay. Dark-skinned woman, you know, she, I don't find her too appealing. Okay, gotcha. But you know no, what? No, That's changing. I'm showing a dark-skinned woman. Gotcha. Instead of a light-skinned woman, then my whole perception is, uh, it might be kind of different. I understand. I get it. I get it. We, we, we live in America and stuff now. We live in the times and stuff now. Where it's, uh, it's different. But we and have, it starts in the, okay, Reggie, I'm going to leave you alone right now because you're not sounding like you too wrapped too tight right about now and you're repeating yourself. But the thing is, it starts in the home. Words are powerful. And the words can have emotional impact on people because you got kids that have committed suicide. You have kids that develop self-mutilating behaviors. You have kids that have eating disorder. It's all about power and control, about how they feel about themselves, distorted body images. You got people that because of some things that people have said to them to break their spirit. Remember, hey, we got to start loving ourselves. And we got to take away that negative stereotype. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So next week it was a pleasure. Practice. Don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but we'll come up with something. But like I said, I like to empower, encourage, and to help individuals along the way. So if you, someone you know, your child has dealt with colorism, and you see that they're carrying this weight, having a low self-esteem, feeling bad about themselves, and they felt that they've been discriminated within their own family, either in employment or, you know, because we didn't even talk about it, how you got the light-skinned woman at work and they bring her coffee, they do this, but the dark-skinned woman get ignored or she get overlooked for promotions because of the color of her skin. These are things that happen. It happens, okay? We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but we need to stop that. We come in all kinds of shades. We come in all kinds of sizes. But it doesn't mean that one is any more beautiful or whatever, because beauty means different things to different people. Beauty is not how to be older. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and if I was talking This is true. Okay. All right. Mr. Ed, what do you want to do to close us out? What you got to say before we end the show? I'm sleepy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm hoping my food is not burnt. I got to go there and check out my food. <laughs> And they get to my feelings. Oh, that, that was the oh, next my. thing I was going to say. Don't you have some food to check? <laughs> Dude, you heard me kept saying, check on my meat, check on my meat. So I got to go in there and season my meat, my beans, and all that stuff, make my cornbread, my rice, because I got to eat before 8 o'clock because I'm not trying well, to eat. Well, I, I, I will say I hope you enjoy your meal. You're, you and the family enjoy the meal and all. And um, I'm going to go and find me something to eat now. <laughs> you made me want to pastrami the last time, so we ain't going to talk about food. So I'm trying to hey, cook. <laughs> I enjoyed you tuning in. All right. Yep. So, all right. Well, thank you. We're going to end. Enjoy yourself. Right. You Talk know to better. you later. Okay? But we got to start at home. Don't treat your kids differently based on the color of their skin. Bottom line. Thank you. Signing out. Jeanette Abney at Precious Predicaments. Folks, I'm great, though.